My name's Buffalo Bill and you're listening to The Bike Show on Resonance FM. tuned to Resonance 104.4 FM. This is The Bike Show with me, Jack Thurston. Me, Jen Kerrison. And our special guest, Mark Ames, friend of The Bike Show extraordinaire. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you very much, Jack. In case you didn't know, there's an election going on in this city. We're electing a new mayor on Thursday. Londoners go to the polls. And cycling has figured in this mayoral campaign or this sort of atmosphere around the mayor election more than I can remember in any election that I've seen. What do you think? I think I, I think this is my first mayoral election. So I, in in the UK, of course. So I uh, I think it's great. I think it's great just how much coverage cycling is getting, and obviously so many different media outlets are interested with the Times and also the LCC pushing it so much. And we had the big day on the weekend. Yeah, well, a big part of that has been the way the London cycling campaign has been pushing a series of mass rides that started last year over Blackfriars and the plans to remake Blackfriars, but really culminated in this thing called the Big Ride. You guys were the MCs. We were. We <laughs> so were indeed. What was it like? It was cold, wasn't it, Mark? It was pretty freezing, it but it was pretty extraordinary it, at the same time. It was amazing, Jack, standing up on the on the top of this old Land Rover that uh, that I don't know how safe it was. It may have, <laughs> may have been safer to ride through Elephant Castle at about this time of an evening. But uh, standing up there, very windy, very wet, very cold, but looking down Park Lane and just watching, initially there were probably about 200 cyclists as Mark and I climbed climbed onto yeah. the van and then by the time the ride kicked off you literally could not see the end of cyclists so so where park lane turned or where, where it where well, it, at high park corner by the high park corner it was still it was solid to the rafters with cyclists it was such an amazing sight yeah we were stood outside the dorchester keeping our wits about us on top of this slippery land rover and people were texting me and saying i'm a marble arch and i can't get to the back of the ride i mean that's just astonishing and they and they think actually that ten thousand people were there in the end in the pouring rain yeah it was not wind. good re- weather was it it was dire weather it was awful weather it, it was re- it was really really bad weather and and looking down on the the first couple of hundred people that we could make eye contact with we're looking up you you know they were standing there with their arms folded and they were shivering but everyone had such a delightful smile on their face yep. and whenever we called whenever we called for a cheer everyone would throw their arms up and call love 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 because you were setting off all kinds of antics back where i was because i think i was at the back um We'd had perhaps the smallest of all the feeder rides to the big ride, um, the the bike show contingent of um, Andrew, Tom, Steve and Christine and myself. We met <laughs> by the Peace Pagoda at in Battersea Park and rode up for a, um, a coffee and a slice of cake at the Garden Museum, just on the south side you of Lambeth Bridge. You always do it in style, well, Jack. And then, and, then, and then we donned our waterproofs to, to make it over onto the north side. But once we 
joined it. I mean, it's amazing. And then there were these Mexican waves coming down uh, Park Lane. It we, was brilliant. We, we, we Whose actually, idea was that? That was us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we renamed it a Dutch wave, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> we were having the Dutch wave. And it was phenomenal to see. Because we and, were standing, yeah, at the front, and, and everyone at the front could hear us. But, of course, those people were at Marble Arch couldn't hear us, so we wanted them to feel welcome. So we had people start this Dutch wave, and you could just see people throwing their hands in the air and it rippling it all the way back. Yeah. 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 It must have looked amazing from up on high. It, it, did. it really did. In fact, I'm getting goose pimples again now just thinking about it. It yeah. was so good to see so many people. And and remarkably, there were so many families and, and just people of different, so many different ages and, and, and demographics. And there were people dressed up. I think Hackney cyclists came dressed, uh, dressing their bikes as zebras. And of course... Um, there was a boat. There was a, a boat being cycled around the course, which was being sort of circled by people dressed as pirates. All sorts of really crazy, wacky, yeah. fancy dress. It was fantastic. And there were probably, um, I counted about 10 or 12 cyclists with great big PA systems on the back of their bike. So a lot of yeah. people got to cycle to music and it, it was a really good, positive atmosphere yeah, for cycling. So the, the head count was 10,000 or so people? 10,000 yeah, people in the rain in London. That's so, what the and, count was. And yeah. Mark, you said you had some friends who all bailed because of the bad weather so it could have been more yeah i have some friends who are clearly made of sugar and a bit afraid of <laughs> melting in the rain um so i think if we'd had a nice beautiful spring day uh, it would easily have been double the amount of undoubtedly people, i would say you know? and there's there's nearly forty thousand people who've signed the london cycling campaign petition so i think you know the politicians in this election ignore the cycling issue absolutely at their peril yeah well we'll come to uh, the, the the specifics of love london go dutch in a moment but we should look beyond the confines of the city um, that we're in to other places where they have had mass rides over the weekend. Um, there was the Pedlon Parliament in Edinburgh. Indeed, and I, I think they had a staggering 3,000 people there, which is pretty good. I, could, I can only imagine the weather wouldn't have been much better. I think it was a lot better. Oh, for judging from the pictures, right. it was blue skies all the way. They oh. had a picnic in the in, oh, in, well the, in the Edinburgh, meadows. Why stuff? only 3,000 people? <laughs> oh, but in fairness, Edinburgh is only a city of, I think, a half a million in True. total. And uh, yeah, they, they had sunshine. But I think that's an astonishing achievement, I heard that it's the uh, the biggest protest to ever sort of descend on the Scottish Parliament. Oh, wow. And, uh, of course, the most mild-mannered. And, um, yeah, so in Edinburgh, uh, people were out on the streets for cycle safety. And, and not just in uh, uh, not just in the United Kingdom, either. Over in Europe as well, there are events happening of course, in Italy, Paris and there? in Italy. The Salva Ciclisti in Rome. In, in Rome, they had 50,000 people out on the streets, which is amazing. Mm, 50,000 people. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Although I do hear that um, in the in Hungary, when they have critical mass, they get an enormous turnout, like regularly 30,000 on critical mass. I think there's something, it just captures the imagination of people. It's a nice thing to do, and it's not necessarily a bad protest. Um, it's just a nice thing to go out for a ride. You, you know, you feel like you own the streets for a couple well, of hours. Well, on the subject of owning the streets, it was phenomenal to actually, because, of course, the ride on the weekend was completely sanctioned, and, and the roads were completely closed to traffic, and it felt, despite the weather and despite the numbers, it was such a safe and mm. wonderful opportunity to ride through the streets of central London and and get, I guess, a feel for what, it, what we want it to be yeah. like, to have, you know, vast numbers of cyclists. To see children cycling down Piccadilly with stabilisers on their bikes, <laughs> and they're like, you know, their alligator bicycle helmet it's on and and just crazy things like that and mums cycling around uh, Piccadilly Circus on back feet full of babies like would you cycle your baby around Piccadilly Circus when it was full of traffic I know I wouldn't it was really astonishing and, and if anyone asks what's the ride all about I think that was it right there Absolutely. I mean it's quite difficult with these mass rides 
as a cyclist to sort of convey some sense of a political demand because if you think of traditional rallies with big flags and banners you know you can grab hold of a big banner and wave it in the air and uh, on a bicycle, it requires a little bit more uh, planning and a, a, quite a lot of cable ties to, to, to get a political message to come come through to the people who are looking from the side, who you know you're wanting to influence. And I got the feeling that a lot of people didn't really know what it was all about. Well, actually, I heard a woman. We, we were going quite slow. There were so many people there. But I, I heard a woman, a pedestrian, say, oh, what do you think it is to her friend? And, and her friend looked at her and then looked at all of us. And she said, hmm, it must be a race. <laughs> and I thought... I I think my average speed for the day would have been at about five kilometres an That's hour. That's what's known thought, as a slow bicycle yeah, race. indeed. <laughs> the first shall be last and the last shall be first. <laughs> um, today, there was the Times newspaper and Sustrans uh, mayoral hustings, which was sort of a quite a thing that's been quite a build-up towards with the Times running this cycle-safe campaign for the last couple of months. And obviously, Sustrans doing what they do. Unlike previous hustings organised by Living Streets and Campaign for Better Transport, all of the four major candidates plus um, Siobhan Benita were on the, on, the, uh, on the panel today. And um, in the immediate aftermath, I collared a few people to ask them what they thought. First up is Danny Williams, who writes the uh, Cyclist in the City blog and was the winner of the London Cycling Campaign Campaigner of the Year um, this year, um, narrowly pipping Mark across across the desk from me, but um, I asked I asked uh, Danny for his thoughts on what he'd seen and heard. It was a very very strange hustings. I think Boris actually has some good points to make here and there, but he really lost it by getting angry with cyclists by saying that cyclists were occasionally irresponsible by talking about negatives rather than positives which was a huge surprise ken was very good on detail in fact i was quite surprised um i'm not a natural ken supporter in a way but he was uh he was articulate he knew what he was talking about he had real concerns and, and real solutions sean benita felt like she was jumping on the bandwagon jenny jones was lovely as ever brian paddock was my surprise actually for for today's hustings absolutely understood the issues talked about equality of of, of, of access to the roads, sold the story of families, children should be able to cycle, and, and he really linked it to pedestrians as well. So what he came up with was a, an agenda about people over speed of motor traffic. And what he wasn't doing was alienating motorists, he was saying speed is an issue. Smoothing traffic flow came up a number of times as an issue, and Boris didn't appear to disown it, so it does look like if he gets re-elected, we'll be having another four years of smoothing traffic flow. What do you think about that? I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, he didn't not just not disown it. He supported smoothing the traffic flow, and he talked about solving the road problems with that new technology and then refused to really tell us what, what he actually meant. And I got a lot of the feeling that he was saying, well, in a perfect world, we'd do this, this and this, but this is not a perfect world, so we can't do any of it. I think he was just hedging his bets and going, there are more motorists and cyclists, I'll vote with them. And so who will you be backing on Ooh, Thursday? I've, I've stayed away from declaring who I'm backing, and I'm going to stay away now. But actually, I'm going to commit to the fact that I can't vote for Boris, because he really doesn't get it. So that's 
Danny Williams saying that he will not vote for Boris. Is that is that news in the blogosphere, Mark? Well, I, I think it will be, and um, maybe not within the blogosphere itself, but outside of cycling circles, people might be quite surprised to hear that the so-called cycling mayor uh, seems to have alienated cyclists. You know, people who you might think would be his key voting block, and you know, there's a lot of us. It's a lot of votes in a close-run race. But actually, I think uh, today you have proved that lots of cyclists are really angry with the mayor. Well, Julian Sarah is one of the people who've started a campaign called Londoners on Bikes trying to uh, leverage the bicycle vote and they claim that uh, they're, they're, the margin of difference between um, the first candidate and the second candidate in the last election was less than the number of people who've got Boris bike keys or some metric or other. Basically their pitch is that cycling um, counts in electoral terms and that people ought to vote on the issue of transport because transport is the only uh, real issue that the mayor has absolute control over. So this is what Julian Sarah had to say on uh, his reaction to the hustings. Very disappointing because uh, the current mayor and the guy who's leading slightly in the polls just seems to lack all ambition or vision for what London could be as a, as a, cycling, a cycling city. Um, he obviously throws a lot of soundbites after it but there seems to be a pretty poor lack of substance there. Do you think he gets away with being the cycling mayor and therefore considers himself the cyclist's mayor as well? I think after this election campaign that is going to be almost entirely unsustainable for himself with the Times campaign, the Evening Standard having covered some of the cycling fatalities. I don't think he feels that he's at home in a room full of cyclists. That was obvious. He spent most of the most of the hustings with his with his head on his his forehead on his hand or his chin in his hand. He he spoke a few times about the idea that cyclists are a smug bunch of hippies despite the fact that he was faced with a room of you know everyday normal Londoners smartly attired and what have you who just want to ride bikes and he doesn't get that that is what cycling is becoming about in London now and he really needs to be more progressive if he wants to help that change and how about the other candidates really good in general I mean it's good you can pick and choose bits and pieces that they say uh, what's most reassuring is they all seem to as, as it's often said get it they all seem to be genuinely excited about cycling they see that it's a, the nicest way to get around London it's the least sort of costly way in, in terms of road infrastructure and congestion or public transport infrastructure and then it makes sense to invest in it there doesn't seem to be any sort of opposition from them to the idea of more people cycling whereas Boris as we keep seeing time and time again has such a strong connection to the idea of the motor car it seems and the freedom of people to drive around London that he's not able to make the sort of sacrifices that the others are talking about. So you're one of the Londoners on bikes who've organised this great campaign over the last few months what is your endorsement as an organisation how should people vote on Thursday? Provisionally we had said one Jenny Jones, two Ken Livingston and from what we've just seen in there there would be absolutely no reason in the world that we could ever consider changing that. As I say it's really disappointing because Boris does cycle, he obviously does enjoy cycling but he doesn't realise that his road policies have caused 16 fatalities last year, a further five already this year and that we'll see more unless he can take the tough decisions that are needed in London cycling. That was Julian Sarah of Londoners on Bikes. Now, both Julian and Danny have talked about getting cycling. Mark, this is something that you talk about on your blog or you write about on your blog as well. Tell us more. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. By getting cycling, I don't mean about, you know, what kit you're wearing or which club you ride with or what kind of bike you ride or where you ride. It, it's, it's purely about sort of understanding that cycling or using a bicycle can be a, a super efficient way to move lots and lots of people around a city. And it's putting the emphasis on 
people people are only ever going to choose to ride a bicycle if the conditions are inviting for cycling and if the conditions you know make people feel subjectively safe whether it's statistically safe or not it's whether that experience of riding down borough high street makes you need a new pair of trousers at the end of the ride or makes you sort of you know walk into the office with a smile it's one or the other and if you don't get that you really don't get cycling no i I do agree with you mark i think i think for someone to get cycling it's about understanding that communities need to have options on how they get around so getting cycling gets is getting that people many people want to choose to be able to get around by bicycle safely and enjoy their commute or enjoy going to visit someone or or do their shopping so i think i think um just further to what you're saying mark it is about ensuring that communities can be as mobile as they like in by whatever method they like and it's also about recognizing that there is a problem here and it's not just about encouragement some poster campaigns and some cycle training and and cycling proficiency in schools it's about changing the shape of the city yeah absolutely that um that yeah, I, I, I just agree. I do agree with you, Jack. That's absolutely right. We need more yeah. than just lip service and, and PR campaigns. As, as a city, we've kind of we've achieved half of the game. We've uh, Transport for London, whoever's in charge, know that the, the tube and the public transport network is massively oversubscribed and is creaking at the seams. So they're desperate to get people off the public transport, but of course not into cars. So they've gone, ah, cycling. So they'll invest in the publicity campaigns and training, but it's not enough. You know, all these people have taken to the streets and, and the cycling casualties have gone up despite what boris johnson might think well someone else i spoke to after the times hustings was sonia purnell who's written a biography of boris johnson called just boris a tale of blonde ambition and she's added to that recently with a short kindle uh, based ebook called pedal power how boris johnson failed london cyclists uh, i started by asking her for her take on london's cycling mayor Boris always used the, the bicycle as a, a political symbol like, of being wholesome, friendly, liberal, outward looking. It was fantastically successful for him in 2008. Um, it convinced a lot of Labour supporters, for instance, um, to support him then, to, to vote for him then. This election, we've, we've barely seen the cycle at all. In fact, not at all. He goes everywhere by car or train. And I think that kind of sums up his shift. I mean, he's become increasingly right wing as he's been looking towards the parliamentary party and current favour amongst MPs, less and less about London as a place to cycle that's safe and um, enjoyable to cycle. He, he actually very rarely mentions cycling now. You very rarely see pictures of him cycling. And I, I feel that all that promise that got us all really excited and got us all on our bikes in those early days um, has evaporated. We've had these awful casualty records. We've had these super highways that haven't worked. We've had these junctions that are hugely dangerous. And so I just wanted to know, did the cycling mayor deliver the cycling revolution and I looked at it in as forensic ways I possibly could and I looked at the stats and I looked at everything that's happened I talked to a lot of people and I came up to the conclusion I came to the conclusion that actually no he's been a huge disappointment and I'm very sad about that Do you think Ken is any more forward in terms of cycling policy? Well, Ken has um, said that he would appoint Jenny Jones, the Green mayoral candidate, as his cycling supremo, um, which is a smart move because Jenny is a real, real passionate um, cyclist. I think she does have that real kind of emotional attachment to making cycling better here. So although I don't think Ken can actually cycle, as far as I know, I don't don't think he's ever been seen on two wheels. He hates sport in every form. 
but he does, I think, appreciate to some extent at least the importance of cycling um, to Londoners, and, and that's why he's chosen Jenny to do that should he be elected. And are we not really, as cyclists, not to be looking at the mayoral candidate simply in terms of cycling, but looking at who's going to be making a more livable London for everybody, not just when we're on our bikes, but when we're walking, when we're at home, when we're at work, you know, that livability agenda that cycling is just one part of. Oh, I agree. Look, I'm, I'm a member of the Too Scared to Cycle Brigade, OK? I, I only get on my bike to go to the park because I am terrified. My husband cycles to work every day. I won't let my kids cycle to school because I'm terrified for them. I don't want to be so scared about my husband. I want my kids to be able to cycle to school. I want to cycle all over the place. I want to have a, a London that has some cleaner air and that somehow, you know, feels more cohesive than it does at the moment I really do feel that we are divided between the haves and the haves not have nots and, and that that really worries me um, you know as a, as a voter as a resident and I, I'd like to see um, someone come up with a whole range of policies not just cycling whole range of policies that really gets over that problem and do any of the candidates do that for you to be honest I don't feel completely wildly excited about any of them, but there are some a lot better than others. Um, I, I, I'm one of those people, I haven't made up my mind quite, um, and I know it's very late, and I, I think there's lots of us. And um, I, I'm going to sit down actually over the next couple of days and go through everything that they've all said, and then make up my mind at that point. And I, but I really do urge people to vote. I think we should vote, and I think we should really look at what people have said and be quite sort of forensic about it, and then make up our mind not do it on just oh he's funny or she's not or whatever and and uh, but we should really do this properly well that was sonia purnell journalist and author of um, an ebook pedal power how boris johnson failed london cyclists it's well worth a read and i think it costs less than the price of a, a small cup of coffee what do you make of that Wow, we were just talking about, you know, who gets cycling. Sonia Purnell might not claim to ride a bicycle, but she clearly gets cycling. So I say cast, cast your vote for Sonia. Uh, this, I think this she's standing. <laughs> Maybe it's, she should. It's, it's never too late, right? <laughs> I, I, I think she, she makes an interesting comment about Ken not getting on a bike. Do you think that it would further his chances if he were to hop on a bike and ride around the city like the other candidates? I'm not certain that it matters. And this comes to Dave Horton's point um, he did this big study, he's an academic, he did this big study about, you know, why are we not riding our bikes? And his view was that cycle policy should be made with the 98% of people who don't cycle in mind, principally, and all the people who walk and all the people in wheelchairs and disabilities and whatnot, with them in mind as more livable, functioning cities and streetscapes rather than just to do whatever the Cyclist Touring Club or the London Cycling Campaign, good though they are, are asking for at that moment. And so I'm not sure that you need to, you know, do you need to be able to do open heart surgery to run the NHS? No, um, I agree. But there are a lot of people out there, Jack, who vote based on what they see flicking through a couple of pages of the paper. Mm. And, and, and they're the 98% potentially who aren't cycling. The ones that are cycling are tuning in today. They're the ones that are looking on the LCC mm. website. I'm not sure they're there's the enough people who would uh, be swayed by the sight of the mayor on, on a bicycle. I mean, I think Boris has been able to use the bicycle to do much more than appeal to the cycling vote. He's used it to kind of 
detoxify the kind of nasty party Tory residue from all those Thatcher years. And, and it's been a, a motif that's been used by George Osborne and David Cameron. You know, they've all been getting on their bikes because they thought, well, the bike, you know, next to a husky dog um, is, is an, an excellent um, we'll, we'll uh, way of decontaminating like your, your, your brand and, and just seem friendly and green and stick the wind turbine on the roof. But, you know, when it comes to being in government, they don't seem to be delivering on that. This is an interesting point that I put to Mustafa Arif of the London Cycling Campaign because all of the mayoral candidates have signed up to Love London Go Dutch and I'm going to ask quickly Mark to explain what Love London Go Dutch is. Wow, how do, how do you encapsulate 30 years of the Netherlands, you know, road policies in a few sentences? Basically, very simple message. The London Cycling Campaign is saying we should look to the experts uh, when it comes to cycling provision. That is, of course, the people of the Netherlands. And are saying that we want the future mayor, whoever that may be, to make the streets of London as safe and inviting for cycling for all people as they are in the Netherlands, be that however it is done. And that means segregated cycleways on the fast roads, uh, you know, traffic reduction in other areas and um, a set of uh, uh, big flagship measures like Parliament Square to reduce uh, the amount of motor traffic coming through. Exactly that, Jack. I think sometimes in cycle campaigning circles we each have our favourite kind of late motif, whether that's training or permeability, and we, and we go crazy for each little corner. But actually it's all those things. It's, it's better funding for training, it's better permeability, and on those big, scary, terrifying roads it's proper separated cycling provision so that you can literally ride with your kids to school. I mean, the interesting thing about this, and we haven't got time to talk about it now, is that this was quite a departure oh, yeah. for London Cycling Campaign Absolutely. and for the CTC and others who have been generally against segregation in the past. But that's a whole other edition of the bike show. But I put it to Mustafa Arif that now that all of the uh, candidates had signed up, the work was done. Um, or perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps we wouldn't know who to trust. 10,000 people came on our ride. 37,500 people signed the petition and the numbers are still growing. What we will be looking for will be tangible actions in the, in the first 100 hours and in the first 100 days of the next mayorality to see that they are genuinely committed to meeting the three key tests that LCC have set out. Firstly, three flagship schemes. Secondly, uh, that TfL uh, adhere to the highest uh, standards found on the continent on all of the roads for providing for cycling. And thirdly, that the superhighways are completed to those same standards. We'll be looking to, for concrete steps that gives us the evidence and the confidence to believe that the next mayor is going to stick to their promise and deliver on these tests by 2016. Boris came along very late in the day on Friday and signed up to the Love London Go Dutch campaign aims. But today he said that he thinks that smoothing traffic flow is a good policy. He said that the hierarchy of road use of priority was a bad idea and that he didn't want to reinstate that. At the last election he said that he would expand and continue and complete the London Cycle Network Plus but he didn't once he got to office. You know, he's got form here. He's not someone you can trust. I don't want to go into whether, into the trustworthiness of any individual candidate. I know that politicians in general have a low stock when it comes to the uh, reliability of their promises. I think that what, what we have seen uh, today is, I think firstly that Boris slightly misjudged the audience. Um, and uh, uh, I think that he, like all politicians are, are increasingly realizing that the issue of providing space and inviting space for cycling on main roads is not is no longer a minority issue. It's a general issue that affects people from all walks of life who want to cycle, not rabid uh, leftists or environmentalists or anarchists. 
and whatever has happened in the past, what the London Cycling Campaign will be looking for, whoever is elected mayor, is for tangible delivery on the three key tests that all of these candidates have signed up to. That was Mustafa Arif of the London Cycling Campaign. I, I like to think of myself as a rabid leftist, but uh, there we go. <laughs> We've got very little time uh, for the show. Mark, you're going to endorse a candidate? Not yet. I will be voting bike, and it's not too late for all of the candidates to make more promises. There's still time. And Jen, you get to vote. Brilliant. I, I, I know. It's very exciting. Not yet a citizen, but already get to vote. But I'm not telling you who I'm voting for, Jack. Well, the most important thing is that you vote bicycle. Vote bike on Thursday and vote, OK? And vote again. And, and then vote again. Yeah, again. vote again. All right, One Life Left are making their heroic return to the live airwaves in just a moment. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.